From the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, the country music capital of the world, it's your grand old Opry, starring the Texas troubadour, Ernest Tubbs. <laughs> On Saturday, September 14, 1957, the Grand Ole Opry signed on from WSM in the Ryman Auditorium. WSM is a 50,000-watt clear-channel station located in Nashville, Tennessee. Founded by the National Life and Accident Insurance Company, the station's call sign stands for We Shield Millions. WSM first signed on October 5, 1925. The next month, on November 28th, the WSM barn dance took to the air for the first time. On December 10, 1927, the program's host, Judge George D. Hay, referred to the show for the first time as the Grand Ole Opry. The Opry began running coast to coast on Saturday evenings in 1939. The show moved to the Ryman Auditorium in 1943. As it developed in importance, so did the city of Nashville, which became America's country music capital. By 1954, WSM was considered the outstanding music station in the country. That October 2nd, a teenage Elvis Presley would have his only opera appearance. I'm so tired of roaming around with a gal like you. I'd settle down and I'd walk a million miles for a great big southern smile. Mrs. Yeah, I love you. Oh, thank you just a whole lot, neighbors, and a big hearty welcome to the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, we've got a whole flock of your favorite Grand Ole Opry stars on hand tonight. June Carter. Chet Atkins. The Jardineers. Dale Wood. And the entire Opry gang. Plus, our special guest star one of Hollywood's biggest country and western stars, Rex Allen. Oh, we've got lots of music and fun in store for you tonight, neighbors, so we'll keep rolling right along and say, here come the Jardineers. The Lord is a busy man, the Lord... I used to do a roundup, and we'd call in eight or ten capitals of the world. We were beginning to have a staff, in each of the great cities. Full-time, not stringers. Now, I got word just before I went on that we would go Paris first and then London. So I introduced Paris and Paris was on. As I was sitting there and my head was down, musing and listening to what was coming from Paris while with the other ear I was listening to London, upcoming London, I heard a voice say, look up then. And there was the director of the program in behind the glass booth with a piece of paper written on it, Spain, and signaled me, not London, Spain, Spain. When we finished the show, I suddenly said, oh, who said look up then? What was all that? He said, with 30 seconds to go, London coming, RCA said they now have the Madrid circuit, and I wanted to get it fast before we lose it. I rapped in the glass, and you didn't uh, respond. You couldn't hear me. I thought, maybe you're plugged into London. So I said, hey, Fred Bate, I think Ben is plugged into you. Tell him to look up. So Jack's voice went out to London 3,000 miles, Bates said, hey, look up, Ben, came back to me 3,000 miles, and I looked up six feet into the director's eye. Now, Monitor brings you Meet the Press, the prize-winning discussion program produced by Lawrence E. Spivak, ready for the spontaneous unrehearsed conference of four of America's top news reporters. 
Their questions not necessarily reflect their point of view, but maybe their way of getting a story for you. Now here's the moderator of Meet the Press, Ned Brooks. And welcome once again to Meet the Press. Meet the Press grew out of a partnership between Martha Roundtree and Lawrence Spivak. Of the 400,000 people of Greek nationality on the island of Cyprus. Roundtree, a freelance writer, broke into radio in the late 1930s. She created the panel show Leave It to the Girls in 1945, before teaming with American Mercury editor Lawrence Spivak to produce a radio show promoting his magazine. Spivak would be the permanent panelist representing the press. They would invite top newsmakers to be put on the spot without preparation or oratory, and thus find out what they really stood for. The show debuted on October 5, 1945 over mutual broadcasting. Meet the Press was soon making its own headlines. The panelists purposely pitted two editors known for their opposition to the guest viewpoint with one middle-of-the-road type and Spivak. In 1947, while still airing on Mutual, a TV version began airing on NBC. The radio version aired over Mutual for five years before going off the air and moving to NBC in May of 1952. On September 15, 1957, the guest was Archbishop Makarios of Cyprus. The discussion regarded Cyprus's quest for independence. The population was made up of both Greeks and Turkish Cypriots and had been under British rule since 1878. Greeks wanted British removal with a union with Greece. The Archbishop was one of the loudest voices in this quest. Makarios who was in favor of bombing attacks that had occurred against government offices in 1955, was exiled in 1956, and by 1957, most leaders in the National Organization of Cypriot Fighters had been killed or captured. They turned to organizing schoolchildren riots and killing the families of police and military personnel. For centuries, this island in the eastern Mediterranean has been a symbol of a struggle against foreign influence. As the modern champion of the right of his people to self-determination, Archbishop Macarius has become one of the world's most controversial figures. He is the recognized leader of the movement for independence from Great Britain and for uniting the island with Greece. He arrived in this country just a few days ago to resume his fight before the United Nations. Last year, after a breakdown in negotiations with Britain, Archbishop Macarius was arrested by the colonial government. He was accused of promoting violence by the National Organization of Cypriot Fighters. He was sent into exile on a remote island of the Indian Ocean. His arrest aroused a storm of protest in Cyprus, in Greece, and in the British Parliament, and violence on the island increased. Thirteen months later, in March of this year, he was released. He now lives in Athens because he is forbidden to return to Cyprus. Again, although we're certain that the Archbishop will have no difficulty with our English, we've asked Mr. Andre Michalopoulos to act as interpreter when and if necessary. And now seated around the press table ready to interview Archbishop Makarios are John Oakes of the New York Times, Marquis Childs of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Merrill Muller of NBC News, and Lawrence E. Spivak, our regular member of the Meet the Press panel. Now, Archbishop Makarios, if you're ready, we'll start the questions with Marquis Childs. Uh, your Grace, what is your purpose in coming to the United States at this time? Is it to agitate for the freedom of Cyprus? Well, I came here to bring the voice of my people seeking freedom. I am planning 
to come in contact with the various delegations to the United Nations to enlighten them about the nature of Cyprus' problem. At the same time, I will come in contact with American, American people and ask them for their moral support so the people of Cyprus obtain their freedom. Uh, what, Your Grace, is your opinion of the policy of the government of the United States toward Cyprus? Do you think the government has been firm enough for independence? Well, the United States are always the leader of the, of the free world. And uh, I think that now, when freedom is at stake, the United States cannot remain unconcerned. So I hope that uh, we will have the support uh, of the American government. I don't know what uh, the attitude of the, America, of the American government is now, but I think that uh, uh, they will uh, exercise their influence so that uh, the matter can be settled. Mr. Spivak. <clears throat> Your Grace, are you willing to leave the solution of Cyprus entirely to the United Nations? Well, the United Nations uh, is an international organization, and uh, such problems as uh, the Cyprus plop, uh, problems uh, is within the, the jurisdiction of this organization. And uh, if the United Nations act uh, on, the base, uh, on the basis of, uh, of the principles of the United Nations Charter, then I am sure that uh, a resolution will be adopted uh, calling for uh, the settlement of the Cyprus problem. So we trust uh, the United Nations. Uh, Your Grace, suppose the United Nations solution does not meet all of your demands on Cyprus. Will you accept such a resolution, or will you only accept the resolution that meets with your entire approval? I think that the United Nations cannot uh, reject uh, the demand of any people who is seeking to be given the right of self-determination. The rebellion continued throughout 1958, even after Makarios had abandoned his initial demands. They finally ended in February of 1959, when agreement was reached for Cyprus to become an independent republic. The radio version of Meet the Press aired until July 27, 1986. The TV version is still being shown today.